0: University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive
1: and Kenilworth Parkland. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information.
0: Well, today it feels like 76 in Baton Rouge happy january everybody however in other parts of the country such as minnesota it's going to be a blistering one degree today actually supposed to get down to negative eight tonight when it's cold there's nothing better than a hot beverage my go-to is coffee uh... have i mentioned to you how much i love coffee i drink probably on average forty to sixty ounces of black coffee a day that's no sugar no cream that's healthy right Okay, some of you are shaking your head yes and no. When you think of coffee, what company comes to mind? Now, despite our local loyalty to community coffee, most people think of Starbucks. Now, back in the day, Starbucks only sold hot coffee. Coffee sales dipped during the summertime. So what did Starbucks do? Well, they made a subtle change to its menu, offering cold coffee. Now the term frappuccinos is synonymous with Starbucks. This delicious milkshake, and let's just be honest, that's what it is, (laughs) come in a variety of flavors, and you can get several shots of espresso in there. Small changes, big results. Later, Starbucks added music and then food for sale, and the results was these little changes made big sales. So there's a clear lesson here. You don't need to rethink your entire enterprise to head in a new direction. Sometimes it's the little things that make a tremendous impact. More often than not, when we think of success and failure of the church, we believe it's tremendous, huge, overhauling changes. And so churches will either subjugate themselves to change their entire identity, to model themselves after the fastest-growing church, Or they'll settle with immobility, not wanting to compromise their identity. And we've convinced ourselves that the difference between one church thriving and one church failing is as different as night and day. But what if what separates successful churches and failing churches is relatively small? What if the difference between thriving and floundering focuses on the subtle and small things that make incredible differences. We're coming back to our series, The Little Big Things, how shared spirit-led commitments drive oversized results. And through this series, we've been journeying through the book of Acts, who hosts this repetitive statement not found anywhere else in the New Testament letters, when it says, "...and the church grew in numbers." Since we took a break during the season of Advent, today we're going to revisit the four expressions we covered so far. Spirit-led, formation, relationships, and volunteering. And the text that encapsulates these expressions best is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, which reads, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the many These are some remarkable aspects of of the text, which clearly showed the early church experiencing this uh, substantial thriving. Again, we can't ignore what verse 47 says God added to their number daily. The impression we get from the writer of Acts was that the church was, was thriving. And one of the glaring reasons they were thriving was their commitment to spiritual formation. What did it say in verse 42? They dedicated themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. There's a fascinating word used by the author. It's the Greek word, which literally translates to mean persistently or attend constantly or continue steadfast. Our word translates it as dedicated. But it's a present future tense. This word gives us the impression that the people— were dedicated to 24-7 learning about the way of Jesus and praying to God. In many regards, how did they get any work done if they were constantly reading the scriptures and praying? You hope the butcher that was in the early church wasn't closing his eyes as he was cutting up meat because he was praying. Nobody wants that brain surgeon that has their eyes closed while they're doing work on you, right? The lesson that Luke is trying to teach us is that spiritual formation is the ongoing process of becoming more like Jesus. Everyday moments, encounters, and conversations are opportunities to learn and to grow. And yes, the commitment to being taught the way of Jesus is critical to becoming more like Jesus, since that's the goal. The literal meaning of the word Christian is little Christ. And yet, formation is not a solitary journey. Looking back at our text, we see the extraordinary nature of the interconnected relationships within the church. They were journeying together. They were learning together. They were growing together. Formation is a journey with the church. Together, we challenge each other to grow deeper with God. Together, we examine the different texts and ask difficult questions. Together, we remind each other of the great teachings of Jesus. Together, we make disciples that's the goal and vision of the church, to be an interconnected community of disciples making disciples, by them to help people. Let's hear what Martha Forbes thinks about spiritual formation.
1: I've been a member of UBC for more than 50 years. And when I started, I was a college student and then became a bride then became a mother. And finally a grandmother, and through those years, I've realized that my spiritual journey is ongoing. It's one that takes on new nuances. It doesn't change the truth, but it does let me explore who I am and how I become. UBC has been at the center of that development and I'm grateful for that opportunity to look at myself, look at my community, and learn about my relationship with God. I invite you to join me on this journey. May we seek to enhance our capacity for formation As we strive towards thriving together at UBC.
0: Looking back at our text, it's easy to see that they were thriving. And not only were they committed to formation, but they also gave of themselves to serve each other and the needs of the church. What did verse 44 say? That each person together and collectively gave of themselves to meet the needs of the many needs they had. And it's clear from the text that while the church was not a developed complex organization like it is today, they were actively living out the way of Jesus in some pretty remarkable ways that must have required the dynamic sharing of people's gifts and talents and resources and time and passion. And if we look back at our at our passage, there was teaching and praying and worshiping and sharing meals and developing relationships and responding to the physical and economic needs of the community and the organizing of people just peek beyond our passage and we find the church feeding the poor at such a high capacity that they needed to develop a new leadership structure to meet the growing needs someone had to teach and cook and clean and set up and collect and count and lead conversations and mentor and so much more Congregations that experience thriving from committing to the little big things are ones that volunteer their best selves because they believe what they are doing matters. You see, bringing our best selves to the church is believing that what we do here matters. And what we see from the early church is that a commitment to volunteering leads to thriving. Or let's hear what Aaron Biggers has to say about volunteering.
2: There are several reasons I choose to volunteer at UBC. Doing so gives me a chance to support the church in ways that encourage civic responsibility and builds or strengthens community through interaction with staff, church members, and occasionally non-members. Volunteering saves Church resources by utilizing tasks, by utilizing skills and gifts uh, the volunteer can offer, which might otherwise not be exercised. Being a volunteer has helped me realize I can do things that at one time in the past I didn't realize I could do. We each have talents or gifts that are recognized. But at the same time, we probably have some that we're unaware of and should recognize. By volunteering, we may be providing an opportunity for that recognition to occur. To be truthful, I feel that being a volunteer is good for me. It's good for my heart, my mind, and my spirit. These are just a few of the reasons that lead me to encourage you to consider volunteering as we strive together to more effectively be the body of Christ that we call University Baptist Church.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't note of the importance of relationships that we see in Acts chapter 2. You can't read it and come away with an individualistic perspective of what the church is supposed to be. All the pronouns are plural. There's this overwhelming sense of togetherness in everything that they did. And people study, and worship, and prayer. They were breaking bread in each other's homes. They were supporting each other's businesses. They were responding to the needs of each other. And if this is the impression the writer is giving us within this limited glimpse, then you can only imagine that young families were bringing their kids together to play together. That people were grieving with each other at times of loss. That they were stopping by and listening, uh, offering a listening ear in times of disappointment. The young were working alongside the experience doing projects and sharing conversations together. They were playing whatever the ancient form of Monopoly and Nintendo Switch were. They were meeting together to talk about whatever the ancient form of LSU football was. The church is full of people, and people are about relationships. And for us living in the modern world, we we can't just imagine such a big commitment to the church with our busy lives. But what we fail to see is that the ancients were just as, if not busier than we are. Imagine a farmer who had to get up before the sun was up and work until the sun went down. Or a fisherman that had to get up in the morning early to catch fish and then have them ready at the market to sell first thing in the morning. And yet the difference was the early followers of Jesus didn't see the church as something else in their lives, a detached thing that they committed to a few hours a week. Instead, they saw the church as a central community of their lives, of helping shape and form who they are, the decisions that they made, and the way that they invested their lives. And what we see from the early church is that a commitment to relationships leads to thriving. Or let's hear what JP Clenard has to say about relationships at UBC.
3: Uh, Relationships for me uh, at UBC are important um, because of the uh, support and and love that you get uh, with them. So uh, when we first started here, we didn't have uh, a lot of friends and, and other people with children and uh, through the different uh, events that we have like young, young people's nights out and, and gatherings on Wednesday when we uh, have dinner and, and child play. Uh, we have met quite a few friends and a lot of people that we consider family now that have been there for support and love and um, have really helped us do life. Uh, I think relationships are important for the future of UBC uh, is because the, the the closer we get with people, the, the more the church will grow. and the more lives that we can change and, and help, you know, especially with the younger families who need assistance and who just need support there. Um, I, I think of Baton Rouge as a city. Um, is a, a, a port type city where there's a lot of people coming in just for a few years and leaving to go elsewhere for their professional lives and um, whenever we're there for support as a as a church body um, it, it could really help them help them thrive in the future. I think that people should get invested in relationships uh, here in UBC because it just makes your life better. You know there's a lot of people all different age groups here that Help you with any aspect in life. Um, It could be financial, it could be personal. Um, You know, there's a lot of knowledge here at this church, and I think that, you know, being, including yourself, forcing yourself to be included in some of these groups would be very beneficial to you.
0: The best part about JP's video is he's running sound this morning, and so if he didn't like it, he could have cut it off at any time. (laughs) The last thing that I think we should see from our text is just how much. The Spirit of God was at work in their lives. Promised by Jesus to be a companion, a counselor, and empower in their lives after he ascended to heaven, the early church experienced the power of God's abiding and dwelling Spirit. We know the power of the story from Acts chapter 2 is just after the day of Pentecost, how the Spirit appeared before them, within them, and through them, giving them the ability to preach the gospel in languages that they had never spoken before. And we see throughout the book of Acts how the Spirit of God led them to perform miracles, to heal the sick. And yet, for all these extraordinary stories, we also see the people's willingness to be shaped and formed by God to live out the way of Jesus, minister to their community, and make the best decisions for the future. Being led by the Spirit of God is living with an openness that every day God is moving and working in and around and through our lives with the goal of transforming the world through love and grace, one person at a time. And as a church, we too live with a receptivity with what God is doing. When crisis comes, when conflicts arise, When unexpected shifts occur, when future seems unpredictable, the church can thrive when they're led by the Spirit of God. Or Let's hear how Russ Futrell puts it.
4: When the pastor asked me to say a few words about how I've seen UBC be spirit-led, I had to stop and think a while. What does it mean for greater insights into the ministry of the church, the problems faced, the involvement of so many people to make things work? In particular, during the past 20 plus months of the COVID experience, UBC has faced so many challenges, ups and downs, just to keep the church going. From dealing with new technology to support both in-person and remote worship and activities to dealing with aging facilities with overdue repairs and trying to secure available parts for the repair work, maintaining outreach, and to keep keeping our ministries going like Mother's Day Out, Highland School, Soccer Clinics, Church of the Nations, English language classes, mission outreach projects. And we have not just been going through a health pandemic We have been going through a very troubling period in the history of our nation. A level of divisiveness not experienced in decades. And all of that along with a series of natural disasters. It has all been difficult. A trying time for the ministerial and administrative staff. Difficult for committee members. Difficult for all of us in the fellowship of the church. But throughout all of this, I have witnessed so many acts of kindness and dedication, sermons and Sunday School lessons that encourage us to re-examine how we view the Christian walk. When I was growing up, I used to hear sermons and discussions on the Spirit-filled life and the Spirit-led church that called us to a higher level of experience. Well. I have sensed at UBC a growing sense of community and excitement, an excitement in the church, a spirit of cooperation, a a determination to move forward prayerfully during one of the most challenging crises in a century. Even in the midst of this adversity though, we are seeing growth. New people attending the church, young and old, in person and online, So, are we there yet? Are we a spirit-led church? I'm not sure, not for me to judge, but I think we're on our way.
0: Looking back over 2021 as a church, God has done some pretty remarkable things in and through us. Ministry has been at the center of our year. In January, we we provided dozens of people experiencing homelessness with coats and sleeping bags and other winter gear in the Staying Warm initiative. In addition, we continued our 30-plus year partnership with Highland Elementary School, gifting hundreds of new books to students and providing over 25 families with Thanksgiving meal kits. We hosted three drive-in movies and three large gatherings, connecting deeper with the greater community around Baton Rouge. We saw over 150 children participate in our two soccer academy seasons. We kept up the highest standards, never once having to shut down the Mother's Day Out program due to a COVID-19 outbreak. We saw an increase in participation in spiritual formation and Sunday school classes. We've seen a tremendous uptick in people volunteering in new ways within UBC. We hired a new minister of advice. We've expanded the MDO, adding new classes and opening Friday hours to younger children. We managed a campus-wide electrical and air-conditioned major snafu, replacing the systems and getting a new roof along the way. We stayed financially solvent because people saw the worth of our mission and vision. And yet we, we haven't highlighted so many other things that UBC has accomplished this year through the Spirit of God. But one thing is clear. God is doing extraordinary things in and through University Baptist Church. It's a new chapter to see that while the world around us is changing, we are uniquely placed in this location with these people and these set of circumstances to reach more people than we thought possible. It's a new chapter to grow the capacity of our faith community to lead people to follow Jesus. It's a new chapter to see that while the world around us is changing, God is working through us and causing us to adapt and move as we should. You have been equipped and prepared for such a time as this. I have been equipped and prepared for such a time as this. We have been equipped and prepared for such a time as this. Do you believe it? Do you believe that this is an opportunity to, for God to use you individually and to add to the collective discerning of where God is leading us? Are you willing to step out in faith to see that this is a critical moment in which God is moving and working within us? Are you willing to see the leadership of God into something beyond what we can see and imagine? Are we willing to do the work necessary to step forward into the reality that God is leading us? And what if the oversized results begins with the little big things? Do we believe it as a faith community? Do we believe it and believe in each other to trust that we are doing the work that God has called us to? Are we willing to see that oversized results starts with a shared spirit-led commitment? Let's enter into a time of reflection this morning, meditating on how God is moving and
3: working in our lives and as a faith community.